Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the podcast. We are super excited for you to listen to this upcoming episode, but we just wanted to take a quick moment to announce our new partnership that we are super excited about with ACA, Air Conditioning Contractors of America. After a previous podcast with ACA CEO Bart James, we knew we wanted to go deeper into a partnership so we could serve the HVS industry more together. So thank you to ACA air conditioning contractors of America for the partnership. We're grateful and we look forward for what's to come and hope you enjoy this upcoming episode. Hello friends and welcome to, to the point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's up to the point, listeners? I agree, Paul, that we should cut to the bullshit and get to the point, especially with the topic that we're talking about today and our guest around the financial side of things, um, because there is a lot of smoke and mirrors sometimes uh, on the financial side of really anything. And man, it's all about those the details, man. The fine, you know, the fine print. You got to pay attention. I'm going to do something a little bit different, real quick, before I even get started. Uh, for those who have not listened to the podcast before, I am your host, Chris Yano, uh, as well as my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman. Tall Paul, why don't you say hello? Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Yeah, I'm on my best behavior today. Yeah, great. So listen, I want to try something new today. Are you okay with that, Paul? I'm 100% comfortable with I it. just want your permission to change it up a bit. Do I have it? I'm good with that. I'm res- 100%. A resounding yes. I want to thank a couple people. I want to thank some of our new followers on our social media page. Do you think that'd be something cool? Because it continues to grow, and I have this long list here, and I thought, hey, man, why not throw out a couple names and just thank some of the people who are listening and, uh, you know, and make them feel special. Sound good? Let's do it. So right like away. It. So listen, uh, Jim Dively. Who I know Jim Dively. Jim Dively, a good friend of mine. Jeremiah Bellew. Uh, Thomas Center. Nancy from Yellow Dog Creative. What's up? Rick Bormita. Mr. Danny Antonelli, who was a previous guest on To The Point. Eric Hyla, Teresa Wilkins, Dylan Phillips, Carly Hansen. Oh, Carly Hansen. She's a rhino. Uh, hi to you, Carly. Um, now I'm going to follow up with her and ask her if she heard me give her a shout-out just to see if she's listening to our own podcast. Yep. Anyhow, thank you all to those that uh, have continued to listen and drove us up to number 32 on the charts for marketing in the podcast world. Pretty awesome. So let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Paul. Would you do us the honor of introducing our guest? I would love to, Chris. Thanks for passing that over to me. Um, But I want to give some context. You know, uh, we talk a lot on this show about money and finance all the time. And we've gotten some feedback from our listeners. Um, They have a a lot of questions that we don't go really deep on, right? We miss a lot of the details. So we talk about mergers. We talk about acquisitions. We talk about all these sort of things without really giving the, the practical, like a lot of people, some people know how to do that stuff, but a lot of people don't. And so a couple months ago, man, I hate that we're still at a point where we have to like reference the, you know, March timeframe when all this coronavirus and COVID stuff was coming down, but it's just the freaking reality we're yep. in. And, still here. Um, you know, we're <laughs> right. We're scrambling to figure out what's going on. We've got a business to run to. And, um, you know, we're starting to learn about essential service or essential service companies. We're starting to learn about the paycheck protection program and all of that that's going on in Washington. 
And as we were researching like how we can help our customers, a couple of our customers said, hey, you need to call this guy. This guy's got it figured out. He knows exactly what to do. Call him immediately. So I figured I was calling some like, you know, massive bank and I, I didn't know who I was going to get a hold of. And I called and it was Brandon and he just answered. And he's like, hello, this is Brandon. <laughs> and so kind of started the dialogue at the time we were going to bring Brandon on to, and this is like early March to just explain what was going on with the CARES Act, explain how to apply for it, SBA loans for first timers and all those sort of things. Um, but gosh, that's been just such a, uh, such a moving target for the last couple of months that we, we couldn't quite pin it down. So we regrouped and um, we're bringing on a special guest today, someone that is uh, from North Carolina. So on my side of the country, uh, graduate of UNC Wilmington. Those are the sea somethings, right? Seahawks. Sea chickens. The Seahawks, right? <laughs> so um, gosh, in, we had a guest on like last uh, last episode that had 25 years of experience. And I think if if we were to go back 25 years for you, you'd be like probably three or four years old. So um, <laughs> just, just about just getting started. But it looks like you've spent your whole professional career um, serving contractors in the finance space. You're the vice president of service contractors for Live Oak Bank. Why don't you kind of tell our listeners kind of how you got into this, how you started focusing on the trades, HVAC, plumbing, electrical, and kind of um, go through that piece of your history, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you, Paul. And thank you, Chris, for having me on the podcast. Uh, really looking forward to talking about um, introducing introducing the listeners to Live Oak. What I'll kind of do is give a brief explanation about Live Oak Bank and who we are and my role here, just because I think it helps kind of set the stage for why this little old bank in Wilmington, North Carolina, has a team that just focuses on home service companies. Let's do it. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people might think that's crazy, but I certainly don't. Nope, um, not us. We were founded about we were founded about ten years ago, uh, and we were known as the Doggy Bank because what we did is we just focused on providing SBA loans to veterinarians, whereas most banks just set up you know ten branches in a geographic area and they'll lend to whatever with no focus on your industry, or or they'll lend to any type of business, any type of consumer. Whereas we said, we're going to focus on small businesses in specific industries that we researched heavily and understand so that when the customer comes to us for financing, they don't have to educate us on what their business is going through or what their finances are going through. And so as we grew as a bank, we said, you know what, I think there's a lot of other industries out there besides veterinarians that we can lend to. And 10 years later, we, I was actually on the team at the bank that researched the new industries. One day I was walking home, it was middle of the summer, and I said, you know, it'd be real miserable if my, if my air conditioning went out and I had to sit here in Wilmington, North Carolina, right on the Atlantic Ocean and, and, and be sitting there in 90 degree weather with my dog. You know, that'd be pretty, pretty miserable. I bet there's companies out there that just do repair, service, replacement work. And we started researching the industry. And as you all know, it's a pretty big industry. And there was not one bank who was talking to these folks and educating them on what SBA 7A loans were and how they could leverage them to grow their businesses. We've just found that a lot of HVAC service companies pretty much if their local bank, their local banker who they've known for the past 20 years didn't know what an SBA loan was, they weren't going to know to go look for one on their own. Same as how, you know, I, I don't know 
anything beyond what my HVAC service company tells me, and I don't know to look for anything beyond that. And so I actually left that team and said, I want to focus on providing financing to home service companies. Because one, I think the biggest thing is that there's a lot of great people in this industry, as you all are familiar with, all the way from the technician up to the owner of the business, just great folks. Um, and these companies can really do, if one properly, can really do well financially. And so we've been in the industry for about two years. Um, we've done a lot of education of people. And I would say 99% of the contractors that we speak to, the SBA 7A loan is a completely new product that they did not know about that has a lot of significance to their company in a variety of ways and a variety of uses that they just didn't know. And, and a lot of people, when you first talk to them, they hear financing and they think consumer financing, not actual financing for my business that I own, whether that's acquiring another company or just working capital or a variety of other uses. And so that's all I do all day, every day as a banker. Uh, I just talk to HVAC and, and plumbing service country companies in all 50 states. And I can confidently say that uh, I'm probably, we're the only team uh, at any bank that does that. So um, I hope that kind of sets the stage and gives a good background on on who I am without being too wordy and, and boring the listeners. No, so. man. So let's no. so let's do this. Let's go ahead and, and jump right into, since you brought up the, the SBA 7A loan, like let, let's talk about that. I mean, what is, um, so this isn't a, like you said, the consumer financing piece. This is the financing for you as the company. Or so like if I'm wanting to acquire another company, I could, I could apply for this type of loan. What it, so can you explain a little bit more of what it is and the bet and the ways that it's being used, used right now, um, in addition to say acquisitions? Yeah, absolutely. So probably four or five months ago, the, an SBA loan was probably not as well known, but as we all know, uh, you know, the headlines of the newspapers were all about PPP loans, which were, was an SBA program. But the SBA actually has what's known as a 7A program. And what that is, that's their flagship this, the flagship lending program. It's around every single year. And what it is, is it's a government-guaranteed loan that enables banks like Live Oak. And there are other banks that offer SBA loans. And what it is, is it's a loan to a small business. And, and I don't think I'm on video, but... But I'm putting quotation marks up because I'm putting quotation marks around small because you can be a $20 million home service company and still receive an SBA loan. Got it. And that is by no means a small company. Right. Um, but be, because it's government guaranteed, meaning the, essentially the government backs 75% of the loan, that banks can provide financing to small businesses where the loan approval is based upon the cash flow of the business and not the collateral. Most banks, you know, if you come to them for an acquisition loan to buy a competitor across town, they're going to say, what type of collateral do you have to put up? Well, we all know a lot of the value in these companies is really in the goodwill, the brand, the profits of the business, which you can't secure a loan with. So the bank would say, you can't get a loan. And so the SBA recognized this, and this program plugs that gap where now companies can buy each other out grow in, in different ways that weren't yet accessible to them by using the, the 7A program. I'm going to interrupt again. Sorry, Paul. I know you want to get no, you're, it. I did this to you the show before. I know, so it's man. Okay. I know. So uh, my brain's spinning um, because this is actually a conversation I've been in many, many times, but I'm genuinely um, interested. So I want to keep asking questions and we keep going. Um, 
are the parameter are there anything any, any of the uh, requirements um, anything is changing because of COVID? Like, hey, it used to be where you only had to provide this much. Like you talked about ca- um, loan approval based on cash flow, um, but is there are there now more requirements to actually get approved for this with all the COVID stuff coming out, or is this one designed for this type of like this type of pandemic? I would say that's a great question. I would say the the typical requirements, you know, the because even though it's a business loan, the 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 any owner of twenty percent or, or more of a company getting an SBA loan has to be a personal guarantor. Right. So they have to have a good resume, you know, in the industry or just you know, uh, good personal credit, good past personal credit, et cetera, making sure the biggest thing is making sure the business can repay the loan. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of requirements that go into that, which listeners can call me if they, if they have questions, I won't get into every single detail. It's a bunch. It's, really a big, the, it's a big yeah, pain in the ass for sure. It, it definitely is. And, and in, in terms of requirements though, we have customers fill out what we call a COVID-19 questionnaire just to see how their business was affected. And now that's coming from the SBA. So that's, you got to think that's, if you're lending to a hotel, they have to fill out that questionnaire and hotels were really damaged by this and still, you know, haven't really come out of it. Whereas in our industry, all in all 50 States, these were essential services. They continue to operate. So a lot of times they just have to show how the, the coronavirus or the shutdown affected their business and what the financials, you know, what their projections will look like moving forward. But beyond that, really no additional requirements that have that have changed the program or tweaked it for to make it tougher to get a loan. Got it. Interesting. Okay, Paul, I won't cut in anymore. I'll let you uh, let you roll, buddy. Well, I know, I know we don't want to do a big deep dive on the payment protection loans, um, but I'm just curious if you sense any risk coming for borrowers who are expecting to get forgiveness, and oh, here they are question. in an industry that is doing well by the most part. Do you anticipate anything there? I don't know if you can touch on that or not. You know, to be to be honest, um, at the bank, we we so once we kind of got past the PPP loan, uh, uh, you know, just funding them and getting them out the door, um, we then turned and said, okay, let's review our existing portfolio of home service companies, and we did and found that largely uh, they were pretty unimpacted. They they were impacted, but they had recovered. And so I've actually gone back completely to my normal job of of lending seven A lends for people to grow their company. So I haven't heard that much as it regards to the PPP forgiveness and, and any risks associated there. I know that the SBA continues to um, kind of alter what that looks like. So what, what's true today might be different tomorrow. Um, but I, I personally have not been given any indication of that, but a lot of that's up to our you know, folks up on Capitol Hill and whatnot. Well, I've, seen, um, I've seen a lot of what they'll decide. I've seen a lot of new boats and a lot of new trucks rolling around here. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, Yano. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Hopefully that's because of the 0% financing the dealers are all offering versus, versus the PPP funds. <laughs> I would hope. I would hope. Um, did, can you share some uh, use cases or kind of case studies of some acquisition deals? Our, our listeners love talking about buying and selling. So have you had some good experience in that regard using this product? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the easiest, the easiest loan or the easiest loan for Live Oak to make in the home services space is that if you're an existing air conditioning contractor, and it might be a local competitor who's 30 years your senior and 
they're ready to sell and they don't have anybody at the business that wants to buy them, but they still want to sell. They don't want to shut the doors or you've got, you've got a zip code over that you really don't have a foothold in that buying a nice company would, would kind of help you give you a, a good foundation to expand in us lending to a existing company to buy another company is one of the easiest loans to make because you can go ahead and you can see that the business owner who's receiving the loan already has a business that's run well, assuming it's run well, that they have good personal credit and then they have a good resume. And then it becomes okay analyzing the company that they're looking to buy. And the great thing about getting an SBA 7A loan to make an acquisition of another company is that if your existing company is the borrower of the loan or a co-borrower on the loan, you can get 100% financing to buy that other business out, essentially meaning you don't have to make a put a down payment down, which is great. We all know how important it is to have cash on your books, yep. especially in HVAC with seasonality. Essentially, you can buy another business, and as long as you run it well and maintain it or grow it, it essentially pays for itself without ever you ever having to put a down payment down. And, and as you're talking to contractors, um, they're surprised by this loan product, right? They didn't know this type of financing existed and the differences between traditional, traditional SBA loans. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, it, and because conventional loans, the you know, no SBA guarantee are tough to get. You have to put up a lot of collateral. You have to and, and, and you have to put up a big down payment and the term is shorter of the loan, meaning your monthly. Not only do you have to put cash down, but you probably have to pay more each month to pay the loan back. Whereas an SBA loan kind of flips that on the head and says, you don't necessarily have to put a down payment down and your term's going to be longer to help your cash flow. And you don't need to fully secure the deal with collateral. So your access to financing um, is a lot greater. And so contractors, typically what we've seen is that the first time we talk to them, that kind of sparks the idea saying, wait, what? I can, I can go do this. And then they start to say, okay, they ask a few more questions, learn about the product. Because at that point, they really haven't ever thought about, they might have thought about buying the gentleman, the guy who owns one truck and has his own business, and they just, you know, buy him for $5,000 and give him a commission on, this, on the replacement sales he makes. They're not thinking about buying the company across town that does $2 million in sales that wants to sell for $750,000 because unless he was willing to hold her note, access to bank financing was tough. So now that we tell them that it is available, then they go out and look for the opportunities. So I'd say most of them are surprised, but most of them then kind of say, okay, I, I think we can find something that we can, we can use this for. So. Got it. How often are people approaching you from a working capital perspective to finance growth, marketing, those sort of things? You know, that's, that's one that, that it's, it's not something that we get often. I would say typically acquisitions seem to be the hot button thing right now. Right. But to your point, I think there's one, you, ha you can do inter integrated growth where you 
acquire another business and grow that way. But you can also say, you know, there's not really business in that county that I want to buy, but I think there's a good opportunity. Instead of funding it through the cash flow of my business or funding it out of the cash of my balance, so you could get a $200,000 loan to, you know, help buy trucks, help hire people, help train them, help invest in advertising and marketing, which we know is super important. And, and going towards a lease, maybe you need a small physical location there and building it that way out that way because that $200,000 loan is going to be on a 10-year term and that's fully amortizing so that's 10 120 months of payments on a loan so it's going to be a lot less than say funding it out of your cash flow it makes it more manageable um, so it's just another it's another aspect to grow that it's one we haven't hit on a lot but I think it's a great opportunity and on the other end of an acquisition so I think there may be some interest in that in the room as I see steam coming out of Christiana's head. We have, we have clients who have $200,000 annual marketing budgets projecting a target of million-dollar growth um, that are white-knuckling it and cash-flowing it. And then, then we have seasonality that plays into it. And, and um, it's interesting. That could be a good solution for a lot of these guys. Chris, I see your yeah. hands turning over there. And and I'll and I'll say I'll bring it back down to like a hundred thousand. So if you get out a hundred thousand dollar loan to invest in marketing, and in and above your current budget, and assuming the business can repay the debt and you have good personal credit as an owner, et cetera, that monthly payment over ten years is like eleven hundred or twelve hundred dollars, versus just inject, taking it straight off your balance sheet. Otherwise, you, with, with a loan, you can pay it off twelve hundred dollars a month. So I think it's pretty it's pretty manageable and allows people the opportunity to, to take some lag time to invest in the marketing and build out a service area. Perfect, for sure. Chris, I see you uh, I just, chomping at the bit over there. I mean, that's, this is already so good because I didn't even know that. I didn't, like, but I love, I mean, of course I love the idea of being able to do that, but have you, let me ask another question. Have you seen cases where they're, or, or is this even an option where they're utilizing that loan to purchase, like, a building or a office or something like that? So, so as a bank, I would say that is the most common use of an SBA loan. And the reason for that is because no matter what, banks have to, they, ha they require, if you conventionally buy, uh, if, unless you own that building already, if you're buying, you lease your property and, and your landlord wants to sell to you, you're going to have to at least come up with, 10, 15, right. 20% down. Exactly, which is huge. That can a, be huge, yeah. That's a, yeah, and with an SBA loan, just like if you're an existing business buying another business, and this is all for existing businesses, if, if you've been in business for 12 months at least, you can acquire a piece of real estate with 100%, up to 100% financing with an SBA loan. And so you don't have to, again, you don't have to draw on your cash reserves and it, and there's a prepayment penalty for the first three years, but normally people haven't built up enough equity yet in the property. So they, it's a great foot in the door loan is what I like to call it. So is that you can buy your property without putting money down and cash flow it through your business. It essentially replaces your rent payment, but now you're building equity and you're your own landlord. Got so. it. Did you say the prepayment penalty is three years? Yep. The, the first three years and typically uh, people don't look to refinance the loan until after year five. Sure. And so by that point you can pay it off at, at, you know, at any time. And that prepayment penalty is only really for 
if you pay off a quarter of the balance at any time, like if you want to add 10% more to your monthly payment, you can do that. It's not going to penalize you more or less the whole payoff. What about uh, in situations where contractors are coming to you with a considerable amount of debt or, um, you know, having trouble getting, this isn't necessarily a trouble getting financing question, but more about just the debt that the business carries. Like, are you seeing good use cases there too? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, I think it's, and, and, and debt can be, you can have it go both ways. You know, unfortunately, sometimes in banking, it is the one industry, you know, one of the few industries where you can have a very interested customer and you have to unfortunately tell them no. And a lot of times it's in their, their best interests. And a lot of times no bank has ever given them a reason why. And I like to at least make it constructive and say, hey, this is what it looks like. Because that business owner might be able to turn it around and get it back to a point where you can bank them. But we do also have times where somebody will take out a $100,000 loan, but they have to repay it over 12 months. And they, they get dinged weekly on it, which essentially is a $4,500 you know, a, $4, a week payment. Or if you term that 100,000, you refinance that $100,000 loan with an SBA loan and term it out over 10 years, you're dropping what was probably on a monthly basis, a $15,000 payment to a $1,200 one. And that's, right. I mean, that's meaningful savings. Um, so it can be done. It's something we've done before where you uh, can clean out some, some folks, uh, the debt that they might have on their books. Um, th- there's absolutely a possibility. Oftentimes you'll see where somebody's maybe made an acquisition and the seller financed it, but the seller says you have, there's a balloon payment in year five and it's going to, and that's a $400,000 payment that they might not have. We could refinance that $400,000 out over 10 years. So then they don't ever have to, to worry about a balloon payment because an SBA loan is fully amortizing and has no balloon payment. And the same can be done for real estate. Um, so there's a variety of of options where an SBA 7A loan could be used to refinance debt to put that business in a better position to grow. Great. And, and tell me about like uh, succession planning. Have you had scenarios where you know selling to a second or third generation? Um, what does that look like? Absolutely. So that's that's that is it's considered another business acquisition. But since let's say it's the, the son of the, the son of the owner. He's been the general manager for five or seven years and, and he, dad's ready to sell and retire. The son can buy the dad out, but because he's a first time owner, that, that son will have to come up with at least 10% down to buy the business. So if it's a million dollar loan, he'll have to roughly come up with $100,000 to put down as a first time owner. Now that can come from his 401k, that can come from his personal or checking account. It can't be borrowed. And it can't be a gift from the seller or anything like that. It could be a gift from grandma. That's fine. But it can't be a gift from the seller. Um, or if, if $100,000 or 10% down isn't the option, if the buyer can come up with 5% down, so $50,000 in this case, and the seller is willing to hold a seller note on full standby for the life of the SBA loan, meaning they don't get paid on 5% or, or 5% of the sale price until the SBA loan is paid off, we can finance the remaining 90% of that. And that can be, that's over 10 years, uh, fully amortizing. And the one thing is that the seller can't retain any ownership, so they can't have any equity ownership. 
they can hold a seller note and get paid that way so that they're interested in right. the future success of the company. Um, but with the succession plan, absolutely. We can do that type of financing. We just, with an SBA loan, you can only do up to 90% if it's a first time buyer of a company. Got it. And um, let's talk about the smaller contractors now. So I assume you deal with people who are less than a million dollars. On occasion we do um, when it's the right, when they're profitable and, and have, you know, and are able to repay the loan we do. Um, ab absolutely. We, we really, you know, with an SBA loan, there's no minimum size standard. Um, yeah. The biggest thing for us is just making sure we put them in the position to succeed. So absolutely. Yeah, and that, that was my question because I know we have listeners all over the spectrum revenue-wise, um, but we have quite a few who are kind of just getting started. Um, and obviously, I don't know anyone's personal credit situation, but I know that you can't just roll into Live Oak Bank and say, I started my company, here's my, here's my notebook where I keep all my information. <laughs> um, what, what kind of advice do you have for those guys who are you know, just kind of growing the business and want to eventually work with someone like you? I'd say the biggest thing they can do is to, to, to call me because all, uh, even if they're not interested in a loan today, I can, I'm look, I love my job. I love working with folks and helping them. I can give them the bank's perspective and review their financial and say, Hey, you know, it might be, Hey, this loan's not a good fit for you today, but kind of here's the targets that we were looking, we're looking for. So that six, 12 months, 24 months down the line, you can call us back and, and we can re-engage. I always encourage people to call, you know, whether if it, whether if it's something that they don't want today, or we'll have some people that, to your point earlier, they're surprised to hear this. They want to know if their business can can go out and buy a piece of real estate. How much real estate would they qualify for? Or if their business is ready to buy another business, they look to get pre-qualified. Almost, we don't actually give a pre-qualification letter, but like a mortgage. But what we do is we get to become familiar with them and their business. And it might be, hey, you're ready to go. You can you can acquire a, a piece of property that's worth a million dollars because your cash flow can support it. And then it just becomes, hey, we've got your financials already. I know you, you know me and Live Oak Bank. It then just becomes finding a piece of property. So I just encourage people to to reach out and call um, and ask questions and get and get to know the program and, and us because um you know, even though we're, we're out here in Wilmington, North Carolina, it's kind of a weird time. We do visit all of our customers prior to closing the loan and go out and visit them and shake their hand and get to know them that way. So even though it's a transaction, we truly view it as a partnership uh, right. and to know people. So. And where are your locations? Are they all throughout the U.S.? Or tell me about that. So our, we have one bank branch in, in Wilmington, North Carolina. That's the That's only crazy. place you can That's walk amazing. in. I would... I would say our bank branches are uh, commercial commercial plane because uh, that's that's how we get around and visit folks and, and I can make it up to Wisconsin or California to visit people. So, so um, we have a, a client who calls commercial planes flying WalMarts, and so <laughs> I'll never sit. I'll, it'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. You know who I'm talking about, Chris? I do. Yeah. Yep. I do know who he flies. Who he about. flies private. Yeah. We do not. So does Brandon. We do. <laughs> Brandon knows him too. We, you know him too, Brandon, for sure. Flying Walmarts. I'll never see it the same. So so your big uh, suggestion is, uh, and this makes sense, because especially in the last um, six months, is educate yourself on your options. And then if you um, 
and then ask for guidance because even if you're not might be in a position to to get a loan now you at least need to understand what the variables are to be able to get a loan um and i think so educating yourself is part of it like you're talking about how the 7a uh the 7 the sba 7a loan people don't even know about it um yeah neither did i like so i have to continuously educate myself i mean just to just to know what the options are out there if now um Rhino is a debt-free company, and um, we're a super healthy company. Um, but if I was ever to go, you know, to want to do another acquisition, which we've had plenty of these conversations about acquiring other companies, um, I want to know all my options so I can get the best option for me, right? So that way I'm being able to maximize that acquisition, you know, based on the right deal. So what are, um, and, you, and you kind of mentioned this, but I just want to hit it one more time so that way maybe some boxes can be checked. But what are some of the like standard requirements? Like, hey, if you're gonna apply for this loan, it's based on your credit, based on your cash. Like, what are those like key things that that somebody needs to be thinking about if they want to go down this path? Biggest thing, and that's that's an excellent question. I'd say the big three pillars, and obviously there are so many nuances sure, to it. Sure, of course. As to you know, you can't be. The big things are you can't currently be a, a felon or on probation or anything like that. Sounds but if those, sounds reasonable. Those are the, and and because it's a government, you know, U.S. government program, you have to be an American citizen or a, an a, you know, legal alien, um, and the business has to be in the U.S. Those are the three big things. Okay. Um, but then, you also the biggest thing is cash flow. You want to make sure that if your existing company can repay any existing debt it has. Um, unless it's being refinanced, uh, can repay the proposed debt. So if there's, if you're buying another business, you want to make sure that business can cover the proposed debt. And you want to make sure that as an owner, that the business can already pay your salary to meet your personal debt obligations. Because what we don't want to do is give you a loan where our loan takes you over the edge and the cash flow can't support it. Or where we say, hey, you know, you have to cut your salary in half which people don't want to do. So the biggest thing is making sure that the business is able to repay any existing debt, the proposed debt, and, pay, and continue to pay the owner a comfortable salary to live their life. The second thing is even though it's a business loan and it, and it doesn't show up on your personal credit report, we do look into personal credit. So making sure you have a good credit score, the upper 600s at least, um, as well as, and really for anybody listening, you probably are, you already have it. But you have to have the re- you know a good resume, good background in the industry. But I'm sure almost everybody listening here today is is an owner, um, is an owner of the company or or is experienced in the industry. So they they can register. They have that box checked already. So that means just the other two. Um, but those are the big big nuances of it. Um, the big three things that I would say people can look into to to determine the requirements, what have you. Got it. Yeah, there, there's so much chatter, particularly around acquisition right now, and um, you know different types of arrangements for companies to have access to the kind of money they need to grow the business. Um, changing gears a little bit, you know what I like about you, Brandon, is your story is similar to mine and Chris's in that we got into a business that uh, you know we didn't know we were getting in the HVAC business, right? Marketing you can work with, you can go super wide with marketing; it's endless, but you have to perform to be able to, to, to uh, 
um, you know, to last in one vertical. So what you're doing is super ambitious, but it's super risky too, right? Because if you don't deliver for these guys and you get a bad name, right? You're going to have to find, you're going to go back to the doggy daycares or <laughs> veterinarians, right? Yeah. Um, but it's cool, man. Like I, I would envision you in three or four years, someone comes up to you at a restaurant or a bar and they're like, what kind of industry, what, what kind of business are you in? And you say, I'm an HVAC. Cause that's what we do. We say we're an HVAC, like we're in it. And when you're in it, it's a massively underserved industry. Like they don't have people who are going as far and as deep as companies like yours and mine are doing. So um, it can be very, very rewarding. But um, perhaps that was an after podcast conversation, but I just thought I'd share that. You're just like <laughs> us, man. All in. I love it. Oh, yeah. To me, as a, as a banker, you know, we see a lot of financials. I've seen a lot of at the bank, you know, I previously worked in other industries before I started researching and lending to this one. So I've got a pretty wide, like wide array of what industries. And I, I, I've seen financials where you go on, on a home service company and go, holy cow, how, yeah. how this is a, it's a hidden gem. And, and this company is in the, is in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina. Now, I've never heard of it. But it's this hidden gem and, I, and they're everywhere. And I think it's a great industry. Yeah. And then you look at just the opportunity and the upside when it comes to things like digitization and marketing. And you're like, and they've not even been doing these things. I know two <laughs> people right now who are business owners. One's in Wilmington, North Carolina. One's in Phoenix that were private equity guys. And when I asked them how they got into the business, they don't know each other. Um, but they got into the business because they were reviewing HVAC financials. And they're like, why am I working here? <laughs> I want to be a plumber. Like, I, uh, it's amazing. And you probably I, worked that deal out in Wilmington. I, I, I possibly, if it's who we're thinking of. Yep, absolutely. I love it. Great people over there. Well, listen, um, first off, uh, I want to make sure that uh, you and I have a follow-up phone call after this. <laughs> and, and really, it's just, Paul and I have kicked around. We're always trying to find ways to what else can we do to help our customers? That is the whole reason that Rhino exists is to grow Rhino clients business. That is the it. And, but that doesn't mean just with digital marketing, like what we do, that also means we're trying to look out for their best interest on, you know, do they need call coaching? We don't do that, but we need to try and find the right companies that can, that can help them continue to grow and so on. Like with mergers and acquisitions, we have plenty of private equity that reaches out to us looking for, you know, any particular, a potential Rhino customers or clients that would want to be acquired. I mean, various, you know, various things. And, and this is no different. It's just that this has had a microscope on it more so over the last, you know, the first two quarters of the year with mm -hmm. all that's going on. So, um, and, and listen, you hear all kinds of stuff. And that's why, um, you know, in the beginning, we're talking about sometimes you got to read the fine print is you got to find somebody you can trust. You got to find somebody that you, that can educate you properly um, you know, and give you good guidance, you know, because, you know, if I did, and, I, and it's no secret, um, I've gotten significantly better, but I'm the CEO of Rhino. Um, and my wife is the COO of Rhino and we are exact opposite. She is very, very intelligent financially. Um, she comes from a, she comes from a good, she got good genes. Her, her father was a vice president of investments for bank of, I mean, for a Morgan Stanley, um, like, oh, wow. so Uber, Uber smart, you know, funny. so it's a blessing because I've got, you know, that's who, that's who's the backbone of this business, but she reads the fine print and she gets it. She understands it, but I don't. So like, if I didn't have her, I would have to heavily rely on somebody 
that can be my guy or my girl that tells me you need to be looking into this, you need to be looking into this. Like the financial piece of this and having somebody who pays so close attention to it is extremely important, whether you're $50 million company or a five, uh, uh, excuse me, $50,000 company or $50 million company. You got to have that mm-hmm. guy that knows your finances, like and is on and, and is your guy. Yeah, Chris, oh, I, I wonder. Absolutely. I wonder like, what would you do without Anna? Like who would give you your allowance every week? Is that, is that what you were smiling about over there? I was like, what the hell is Tom I Paul was, smiling yeah, for? Just yeah. wait to make some stupid comment. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally true. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> listen, man, Brent, I appreciate you coming on here, man, and, and uh, sharing that. And, and there's probably a lot of other questions that come from this that the listeners are thinking about. Clearly we can't cover all those things in, in, uh, in you know, on, on this particular podcast. That being said, I heard you say, that um, those can reach out to you to, you know, to ask those questions per- perhaps privately or whatever. Um, so if you would, why don't you share the listeners just the best way to get in touch with you um, if they want to reach out to you directly? Absolutely. So, so the best way to get in touch with me, and I, I really encourage anybody who has questions to, to reach out um, and figure out how this product might be an arrow in your quiver as a business owner. Um, my, the, my email is Brandon dot bowling at live oak dot bank um b-r-a-n-d-o-n dot b-o-l-e-n at live oak dot bank or they can give my office number a call which is 910-550-2858 and they can call that office number anytime because it forwards directly to my cell phone i have not picked up a call on my office uh my actual office phone in like four years it goes right to my cell phone um, and I encourage anybody uh, that has questions or an opportunity to reach out and see how we might be able to work together. Well, we appreciate you coming on here, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both for having me on today. It was, uh, I, I've had a great time uh, and uh, looking forward to listening to it uh, once it gets posted. Yeah, brother. Well, listen, if you don't know, now you know. Okay, you got to know who you get a hold of if you have any financial questions or anything along those lines. Or if you if you've, you've now have this, like you listen to this podcast and you're thinking, holy shit, I think I might be able to go buy somebody realistically with this type of loan. Uh, don't talk about it. Be about it. Okay, let's make it happen. Brandon, thanks again so much. Tall Paul, appreciate the thoughtful questions you're asking. Um, the wheels are spinning. I'm always like, hey, maybe at Rhino we should start offering financing for internet marketing. I don't know. Don't know. Would it work? Don't know. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Listeners, thanks again so much for uh, constantly coming back and listening. And to all of our new listeners, thank you for chiming in. Um, We appreciate you so much. Until next time, peace. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.